So I thought we would do a little review. Greta Gerwig. Mm, I'm pulling up the films now. You're, you go first. We're, we're rating. We're ranking. We're doing one to ten. We're doing... So... Go. It all... It, I was about to provide some context to the audience while I pull up the, the list of films, but I guess that's not necessary. Okay. Starting at number the last, because I don't know how many we're doing. Just Mistress like, America. The ones that, the, the ones Mistress America. Okay, okay. Mistress so America. Is that the worst one? I do. Was okay. not engaged. Um, Say more. I don't remember it enough to say. I just remember that after viewing, the taste in my mouth was very, it was vanilla. Didn't, not memorable. Have not seen it more than once. I've seen it, let me think, twice. I've seen it twice. I've seen it twice. I've seen most of her movies at least five times for some perspective. Yeah, me too. Um, I've seen that one twice. I watched it once in theaters at the Sunshine in Manhattan. Hmm. Um, in college um I really enjoyed it I thought it was like funny I didn't feel philosophically that it left me with much I do think there's one scene that I found very memorable Greta Gerwig's character runs into an old high school friend at a bar and the high school friend is like they're they're like in their mid-30s and the high school friend is like you were mean to me in high school and Greta Gerwig is like I don't fucking care like that was 20 (laughs) years ago why are you bringing that up to me in this bar like we're both adults what and I liked that because I thought it was very realistic and funny and kind of the opposite of what you would expect and the writing was punchy and I just like I think about that scene sometimes because like I think about like forgiving people and like the way that she handled that was graceful I felt but other than that I kind of agree what is what is her archetype in this character in this movie do you remember like you know how she's yeah yeah I feel like she she's always like takes a, on strong types of characters when she plays. I don't know. They're like, like unique a, personalities. She's like a slightly over the hill party girl who always lands on her feet, if that makes sense. Okay. Like and her relation. Going in on to like some new business venture or like some new relationship. And you know, it's all very ill advised, but you know, she's mm. also going to be okay. Like she mm. kind of just does this, that, and the other thing and like cobbles her life together. And she's just one of those people. And like everyone knows her, you know, she's sort of like a. She's, like, living mythology a little bit. And is she supposed to be the foil to this other lady on the cover? On the... Who's the other lady in the movie? It's like The other lady is a college student who moves to New York and is a distant relative and has never met her before. And she kind of takes her under her wing. And the, the younger one is, like, a writer and ends up writing, like, a scathing piece about Greta Gerwig's character from, like, witnessing her kind of work her like socialite magic wow you're yeah, actually it's... you know this one <laughs> i yeah honestly I if I you can't ask... tell you why i just i i you should rewatch it just with fresh eyes you know to be honest like for example 20th century women is i'm not going to disclose which ranking it is for me it's top three could not go into that much detail that the, the amount of detail that you just got into about mistress america not sure I could give you that kind of synopsis for 20th century women. Like, what is that I, movie even about? <laughs> I think it's because I have an English degree and I synopsize better than I do anything. 
Mm. Like, this is my skill set. Like, if you ask There's... me to describe, like, how the economy works or something, I would be like, I don't know, inflation, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is a synopsis of it. You're great at that. <laughs> oh, my God. You are really good at that. Um, um keep going. What's okay. your second worst? This is where it gets complicated because at this point they're all just great and it's a matter of one I already disagree. <laughs> I know you have it out. <laughs> you have it out for Francis Ha. Huh? I really I really fucking do. Is, is that, that where you were going? Or were you like you were like second to last is Francis Ha, but I love it. Is that where you're going? I have to put Greenberg below just because yeah, I need to put not because I disliked Greenberg, but I need to put up a fight for Frances Ha because oh I know you're about to try to take her down. Yeah, so I'm ready. It can't be second to last for me. It's last. Greenberg. What? <laughs> no, Frances Ha is last. Stop. No, it is. It's bad. What it's like a bad of... movie. It, I no, mean... it's not. You always say this and you don't actually mean it's a bad movie. I don't mean it's a bad movie. I don't because there are real bad movies out there, Olivia. There are real bad movies out there. Oh my god, I know. Like, what was that Leonardo DiCaprio? Oh my god, Inception. (laughs) Or like um, Shutter Island. Like, those are what I think of when I think of like bad movies. Olivia, you've never (gasps) seen a real bad movie. Then what's it gets so much worse. Like, you know what I love that people think is like a bad movie, or maybe they don't even think about it at all. But you know what I fucking love is Jennifer's Body with Megan Fox. Oh, I actually have to rewatch that. That's some um, uh, personal homework for me. <laughs> but... Personal homework. We'll report back on the next podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, that one's huge. That one is like yeah, it's on my, it's weird storyline, like mm-hmm. campy, like so fun, like instant classic if you ask me. But nobody did except you. <laughs> oh, um, I think all the gays on TikTok would agree. Uh, I refuse to know anything about TikTok, but I do know a lot about the gays. So... You you are not above TikTok. I know that you view from time to time. Look at you! Look at you with these grandiose statements tonight. I want. I have nothing to do with TikTok. Francis Ha is the worst movie. (laughs) And then and then and then we pry a little bit more, and you're like, oh wait, I didn't mean I didn't mean it quite that severely. That is what I'm like though. Like I'll be like, I fucking hate her, and then I'll be like, well, it's not that bad. I just don't like her. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um. So Francis Ha's your number five. Yeah. If Greenberg's my number. well, I guess Mistress America is the worst. And then Greenberg. Then mm, I have to give in. It is Francis Ha number four for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But but again, at, after Greenberg, it's only like, I love all of these movies. It's just that I have to objectively say that, like, come on, 20th Century Woman is, it's... Uh, I mean, it isn't her movie at the same time, though. She didn't direct that. But it's, I, a, it's her, though. You know, I, she just, she's actually she actually plays a pretty marginal role in it. I know, but it's so, <laughs> so captivating. Like, that I know. So but honestly, I could even say that that's for that reason, though. It's not a Greta Gerwig movie, you know, I still count it. I, I still count. I still count it, too, though, in my head. OK, it's, from yeah. the. From there, it's Little Women, okay. and number one's Lady Bird. 
Okay, okay. I'm glad we can get there together because it's definitely Ladybird is number one for me. Like, yeah. I every time I see, I'm not a, I don't cry like a lot in general, but especially not during movies. And every time with Ladybird, every time. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, the mom just every okay. She's my mom. Like I, the first thing I did after I saw Ladybird, I was still in the theater walking out, and I called my mom. Uh, because I mean, it wasn't even like a sweet way. It was just like. You were like, hey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, what's for dinner? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, oh, like, a girl grows up poor in California mm. and wants to be a writer and move to New York and, like, go oh, to Oh, that's too to- real. I was like, that's too much for me. Like, thank you. I don't really actually have real. a mom, but if I did, it would be, like, yeah, like, I, I grew up, like, my dad is, like, the dad, you know? Like just like sweet and well-meaning and like just like a best friend and just I don't fucking everything about that movie like holy shit and just the way that she is and like and mm. then you went far away as well you went across the country well yeah no I grew up I grew up super poor in California and I thought I wasn't gonna be able to go to college and then I like by some miracle of God like went to college in New York so I was like, oh, so call her Ladybird. Lady yeah, no, but and I had pink hair in high school, and like my boyfriend, so literally, like, call my her boyfriend Lady literally was like a tall, dark, and handsome like art dude. Like it was very Ladybird, yeah. But that I think that movie was like a mixture of just objectively beautiful and perfect, and then also super relatable for me. Also um, funny. Also funny, fucking funny. Greta Gerwig is hilarious. Oh, oh, she's. There's never a doubt in my mind. I mean, we know she's intelligent, but but I always think of her first as funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we need to talk about her being funny more. She's fucking so fucking funny. But also brilliant. But also funny. But also funny. Yeah. It's funny and brilliant. Just, yeah. So for me, I would say in a, a, like, descending order of, like, like, how good they are, it's Lady Bird's number one. It's the best. Yes. And then it is Little Women, obviously. I also, I think I need to take a little vignette here to talk about, I love how she works with her cast. Like, she has They become their family. And it's very Wes Anderson in the sense that she has, like, her cast of characters that she fucks with. And I yes. just, I love it. But I love to imagine, I, feel I know sets, what their group cast are like. I feel like it's such, because Wes Anderson is like, yes, he has his people that he works with. But I could still imagine his sets having a bit of, like, pretension or something around them. But I feel like yeah. Greta probably just makes this, like, unbelievable environment with, like, it's like a family with all these people. Um, yeah. And I also just think it must be, like, fun. Like, I don't think it's yes. like, fun shooting the Royal Tenenbaums, you know? It, no, that's exactly what I'm saying. I mean, she captured Meryl Streep, like, getting Wendy's in, like, Central Park or something. Like, that was on a Greta yeah. Gerwig set. Yeah, and that's to me. That's everything to me. That mm-hmm. to me, Meryl Streep and 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 Wendy's is like all mm. that I would ever. Yeah, hundred percent. I've only had Wendy's once, but it was good. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's 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 Ladybird, and then it's fucking late in fucking Little Women, obviously, and then Twentieth Century Women, duh, and then Greenberg, and then and then and then Mistress America, and then fucking Francis Ha. Can you tell me what you like about it? I'm like, my jaw's on the ground. Like, I thought this was like, the sky is blue, the grass is green. 
we like Francis Hall. So the fact that you feel so strongly against it makes me want to ask you, why do you hate it? What what is what are you so strongly against in this film? Um, here's the thing, and I, I feel like I, I said this before, but I'll just say it more strongly. Like all these films are good. I would rather watch all of these. So movies. you don't no, no, no. Hate I would rather, it. I would rather watch Can we in audience, I encourage you to rewind to the beginning of this segment where I when said I Olivia it. said Francis Ha is a bad movie. It's not bad. This is like Mitch McConnell of... getting called out for saying that um, uh, justices shouldn't be appointed before an election cycle. It kind of is much less important than that, but it is the same. I'm just saying, yeah. <laughs> I I would rather watch any of these movies than like most other movies. But compared to something like Lady Bird, Francis Ha is such a little limp dick to me that I just am frankly uninterested at a certain point because if I'm going to watch a good movie, it's not going to be like Francis Ha, you know? Francis Ha is our version of just the Hallmark movie that you put on in the background and it's, it's harmless. You're it's right. Ha- I don't hate it. It's just, I... It's an easy walk. It's an, a, a feel good. It's actually not super feel good, I don't think. But I you can feel that, good while watching it. I think that. And it, it doesn't require much of you. This is just going to go into like a deeper philosophical thing that I think about a lot, but I think about like. Oh, good lord. Okay, I'm ready. I'm sorry, Melissa. You're going to be like, fuck you, Olivia. Um, I'm cool <laughs> with that. I, I just think that there's so much unspecial art in the world olivia (laughs) like in the world there's just like bad like not bad but just like boring like short stories and like music and stuff and it's like one time in high school i remember this vividly we were talking about like almost this exact topic in a class because we'd read alina dunham essay in the new yorker and i was like i feel like this essay is really dumb it's like about lena dunham's dog like no one fucking cares like if i'm gonna take 30 minutes out of my day to like read something i want to like leave that reading experience like having felt something or thought about something differently or like had an experience that I was like oh wow okay not that I'm necessarily gonna remember the story forever but like that it informed me in some way and Lena Dunham's essay about her fucking dog didn't do that for me and neither does Francis Ha like I'm not like oh I went through this like feeling thing or I like learned something I was just like this is whatever like it's it's aesthetically pretty and the dialogue's okay, and it's, like, funny in certain parts, but, like, am I going to be, like, this movie's, like, moving and meaningful? Like, no. I guess then it's just a matter of asking yourself, like, what are, what do you, what are your goals that you, for example, this is, like, like, why do people watch movies? People watch movies for really different reasons. If you, yeah, I've, I've experienced this a lot lately, just, like, meeting new people and, like, asking what kinds of shows they like. It's like some people are like, I can't watch. People hated Uncut Gems because it was like stressful. (laughs) They said it was stress. And I was like, so you like that was like the point of the movie. Like you feel his stress. I saw this tweet that was like, I didn't feel stressed when I watched Uncut Gems because I don't care about things that happen to men. And I felt that. (laughs) I mean, yeah, but also it's like, so some people are just like on the opposite extreme and they're like, I don't want to feel anything when I'm watching something. I, okay, I'm both, Melissa. My viewing is 
exclusively Sex in the City reruns or like a documentary about how like social media is turning our brains into ramen and there's nothing in between. Like right. I want to watch a good film where I'm like, wow, or I want to watch like trash television. It depends on the day. I, I yeah, that's it for me. Like Francis Ha is not enough like good movie where I like, felt it and experienced it and came out the other side being like, wow. Like if there's not enough wow for me to be like, okay, cool, and then there wasn't enough fluff for me to be like, that was funny and fluffy, you know. Mm. Okay. But I also think that I think that maybe that is just enough fluff for me. I don't know. Oh my gosh. That means that you're smarter than me. I knew it. <laughs> you was that my way of just insult? Was that a- yeah. What? Okay. In college, this girl that was so fucking mean to me um, at, toward the end of our friendship, she, when we first met each other, she made me watch Francis Ha with her and was like, isn't this movie amazing? And I was like, yeah in the back of my head I was like no and Olivia you are linking your trauma to this oh my god it was not traumatizing I don't give a shit but this girl like then transferred to like NYU and is like super 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 pretentious and I know for a fact that to this day she would claim that she didn't like Frances Ha just to be like subversive but I know that she did (laughs) we we honestly hate contrarians but I am one but we do hate me you're not one in, in the way that I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm not a backtracker. Like, I will be like, I hate her, and then I'll be like, nah, I just dislike her. But I won't be like, I hate her, and then be like, no, I love her. Yes. that's in the, And that is perfectly okay. I think it's okay um, to lessen your emotions as you feel them. All right, gang. On that note, we're talking about happiness. This is huge. I think it's been a hard week. And I think that this mm. podcast is, like, big to talk about happiness. It's huge. So Olivia proposed this topic. And I would just love to hear where you were coming from when you thought of this. Because uh, we left it so broad coming into this. We didn't even talk about, you know, like, what specifically we individually wanted to address. So I just want to know, like, where you were coming from when you thought of this topic. I personally am a huge fan of a broad prompt. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it's the writer in you. Yeah, I was going to say it's like the fiction person in me is like, let's talk about like mothers, you know, like just pick something and then like write about it. But happiness, I think it's really, I, maybe I'm not going to articulate this thought well, but I feel like there is so much shit going on in the world that is we are young people are are disproportionately involved in and aware of and I feel that at times we don't even like strive for happiness or even know what would make us happy because we feel so mired down in what's going on and I almost feel like being happy is like this like cultural sin of sorts and then that's further complicated it's Bear an American sin, honestly. Bear but with me. That it's further complicated by just the absolute facade of, like, social media and appearances where you're supposed to look happy. Does that make sense? I'm with you. I'm there. I followed that thought process. Thank you. That's where my thoughts, the thing, that's where my thoughts lie. I think it's a larger American thing. Do tell. I don't think that we look at life for the, like, in America, 
uh, expecting to be happy. Interesting. Um, Say more. Um, I mean, it can be like, what is that saying of like the comparison of lifestyles between Americans and Europeans? That's completely overused. It's like uh, Europeans like work to live and Americans live to work. <laughs> yeah. I actually talked about that with Danny yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I agree with that. And I see that as truth actually culturally. I think that's actually a fact, like simply this is a simple fact, but I also think that so many, <sighs> I think there's like this idea of like what you're supposed to do with your life to be happy like I don't know and that's very like antiquated right so like my dad probably grew up with that my dad was born in 1950 my dad just turned 70 the day Ruth Bader Ginsburg died which is crazy um but like he we were talking about why he married my mom and he loved my mom when they got married but beyond that he was 40 years old and he was like okay I'm in this like happy relationship and I love this woman I guess I should marry her because I'm 40 and like what's gonna come along like what you know like I just think there's this idea of like what you're supposed to accomplish and I think it's changing over time but I think it's still prevalent sounds like uh my parents marriage (laughs) really it was a timing thing totally they were with each other at that time in their life and they were like hmm guess is like this is what we should do now let's just try to make this work totally it's like my biggest fear is like if I'm I don't know what's my marriage age like 32 right if I'm 32 I think I'm around that too yeah I think that's like a standard in the old days it would be like right fucking now like 23 but we're not in the olden days. We're now. So if it's like, I'm 32 and I'm dating this lovely guy and I like love him. And he's amazing. And then he proposes. Should I just be like, yes? Like, that's so scary. Like, am I supposed to know that he's like the one? Well, you're in a relationship right now. I mean, yeah. Not, well, not to put you. No. Yeah. But you're still forward thinking to some extent. You know how I you feel. But that's what I'm saying, though, is I'm forward thinking because that's put on me, right? Like, mm. there's, like, this expectation of, like, this will happen at a certain age. And if it doesn't, it's fucking sad. Yeah, there's a very limited it. scope of, like, like, I feel like the, the American lifestyle of, like, what we're, what you were just referring to, it really, like, limits what we're allowed to think our life can look like. Um, yeah. I think that's really dangerous, honestly. I think it's dangerous and I also think it's just belongs to like larger American systems like I think if we look at um social media as like a barometer of like looking how you're supposed to look or whatever because realistically like that's what social media is right is like you marketing yourself a certain way to like appear a certain way that's the whole premise of it right so like But that isn't for you. Like, you have this illusion of choice. Like, that is completely, like, Instagram or TikTok or Facebook or Twitter or whatever, like, monetizing you and your content and, like, keeping you hooked on these things as long as possible. So, like, ultimately, Olivia, sounds like you just watched The Social Dilemma. Oh, my God. I watched it a week ago. (laughs) I can't stop fucking talking about it and thinking about it. But my point is, it's like... Sounds like The Social Dilemma coming out of you. Yeah. You have this illusion that it's, like, about you and your life, but realistically, it's about, like, 
making money at a larger scale. Like you're not making any money. You are the product. Like you're being processed mm-hmm. by doing these things. And so being convinced that you're supposed to live your life a certain way is like the exact same thing, right? Like the government like wants you to buy houses and cars and whatnot, you know, like they need tax revenue. Like what would, what would the fucking system look like if we were all like, no, this actually sucks and then didn't do any of that stuff. Would you say that, well, are you happy right now or in general? That's, I was about to differentiate between the two. But I was going to just see how you were answered it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I actually think I am. I'm like, I am. The beginning of quarantine was hard. Deep core. I like to call it deep core. Yes, deep core. Deep core. That was, I was definitely not happy. That was really rough. I had a horrible job. Um, There was just a lot of like shit going on in my life, but I am ultimately have a great job now. I have a wonderful relationship. I have fantastic friends. Like, do I have human moments of being like insecure and sad? A hundred percent. But I think overall, like I am happy. What about you? Uh, this is why this topic has been, was really uh, a titillating for me when you proposed mm. it, because this has been an interesting question. I've been asking myself a lot recently. I feel like I've been, I think on the whole, yes. Like if you zoomed out and just looked at like the framework in which I'm existing, yes, I am happy. Like I am not, I've been depressed. So like, I know what that feels like and it's not right. that, right, <laughs> you right. know? I, same. My two, yeah, that's the contrast I have for me too. It's like, am I depressed right now? No, I must be happy. Right, right. So that's the context within which the rest of the emotions can take place. Because totally. you can have like a happy day within a depressed cycle or something, you know? Right, and that's so. what I said at the moment or in general. When you right. like, no, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Oh man, look at us <laughs> depressed girl things. Ugh, just depressed girl things. I feel like that's um, most people though. Like we all I hope, know. yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you go through good phases and bad phases. But uh, the thing that I've been distinguishing in this generally happy framework of mine right now is the are the moments that I am actually happy. And then the moments that I'm actually just like stimulated. Um, That's huge. Yeah. So that's been one that I've really been trying to comb through in terms of like interactions and yeah just different moments in my life after just recently moving to New York like New York's a very stimulating place there's just something you can be overstimulated just like any day out the door whatever you're doing because it's New York City so that's been a big question for me recently right um I think it has been a mixture of both I think Um, it's always a mixture of both I think it's more of like what's the more dominating you know like right. more in general also like, am I lying I to myself like, that I'm happy if I'm actually just stimulated uh you I know. also think for me I would love for us to talk about like what we actually think makes us happy but for mm. one of them for me is definitely like company like yeah. who am I around yeah so like am I happy because I'm just like around people and I'm stimulated like you said like am I just stimulated by the people I'm around like I'm just socially interacting or am I like happy with the people yes. I'm around? Like, am I enjoying their company at all times? Or am I just enjoying that somebody's fucking paying attention to me? I suffer from this thing that when I'm having like a genuinely happy moment, I like say it. Like, I I don't know why. I just like, 
oh, I will I catch my. I think that's sweet, actually. Yeah, I think it's like, like I... so kind, like cute, kind of for lack of a better yeah. word. To be like, wow, I'm really happy right now. I'll just be, yeah. I, it happened this weekend, actually. Like, I'm just like, wow, I'm happy. I'm really happy right now. Like, this, what an incredible time we're having. I love being here with you all. <laughs> and then I just say it. I think that's um, heartwarming, actually. I love that. I do that too, I think. And I like to tell people, like, wow, I'm so happy. Like, we're having so much fun. We are. I had a great weekend, too. And I was yes laying in the park with a close friend. And we were <sighs> chatting away and eating our little sandwiches. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so happy. And she was yes. like, yeah, I'm happy, too. I'm so happy to see you. And it's beautiful outside. And I'm happy. And I was like, yeah. Yes, exactly. And I so I think that anytime I have a moment like that, there's no – it's definitely not a stimulate stimulating thing. Like that's pure no, unbridled happiness. happiness. Yeah, happiness. exactly. Um, because honestly, when you're happy, you're kind of, for me at least, the feeling is very, um, it's like a flow state almost. Like when you're really just happy, like it's so, it's just effortless. Like that's why I always like to describe like our friendships with femmes as like effortless because we were so happy and it just felt like we were we were floating on a cloud it required no work like yeah fully fully and not that not that it not that being happy doesn't require work but I'm saying the actual lived experience like of happiness in your body just kind of yeah. feels it feels that good like right feels really effortless so what do you feel like are like some main things that bring you happiness? And I'm talking about the deeper kind of happiness, like flow happiness, if you will. Mm. Yeah, I think that I have, like you specifically said, being around people. And I think that like for me, the what I would pin down and you probably would too is like not just being around people, but like conversation. Like being around whoever the just right people. yeah, being around the right people, but like just even you can even have a an amazing conversation with someone that like you don't even know that well or something, yeah. and like yeah. those just like human like connective moments, mm-hmm. I really really live for. Yeah, um, just any any chance that I can get to like actually feel like a human with another human, you know like um, yeah yeah and I think that requires a certain amount of vulnerability like yeah I think feeling self-confident enough to be vulnerable and feeling accepted by whoever I'm being vulnerable with around like that's huge for me because so many people are not that comfortable not that we have to talk about something like deep and emotional and traumatizing or whatever but like that I can just be myself and not feel uncomfortable with that at all and like get the sense from the other person that they're into me doing that makes yes, me yes. very happy you know I went on a date Saturday night and it was a case of that just instant like that kind of thing like there was there was no um he was completely there for whatever I was giving him and he just right. you know gave it back in his own way and there was no like even though it was a first date I just didn't feel the need to like be self-conscious or like, you know, limit myself and what I wanted to say. Uh, we were out there Love just like that. literally connecting. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh my so, gosh. So much to unpack off camera. <laughs> yes. Oh man. He will not be hearing this. No. If no. you heard this, no, you didn't. If you heard, if you hear this podcast that we're making, no, you don't. Not you, <laughs> my date from Saturday night. You're not listening to this. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. 
I hear that. I also think that happiness is for me a lot of feelings of like self peace and self acceptance because the majority of my unhappiness has been me trying to push myself to be something I'm not or like that's a very broad way of like me trying to push myself to be something I'm not like what does that even mean Olivia but it means so many different things like just me not knowing myself well enough to conduct myself quote-unquote right or conduct myself in a way that I'd be happy with or proud of in situations like down to like me not even knowing how to dress myself or like what my style was like it can be so many different things right like yeah like and just being like who is me who is me (laughs) and that's huge it's been it's also though been I don't know if you felt this like because I'm I think most of us and the people we surround us like you and me and the people that we like to surround ourselves with are yeah like we're I think constantly trying to like get to know ourselves better and just like be introspective in that way um but it's been like (laughs) I feel like it's been honestly like challenging to some extent not just because of like the general like you know everyone has their insecurities and things like that but like just growing up and changing really like quickly and certain with with respect to certain things or like receiving new information and growing like it's honestly it's just been an interesting process getting to know myself as like a young person because I do think that like I'm changing a lot in good ways like making important and like good changes and like opening my mind in certain ways and becoming the person that like I wanted to be but was just almost I think for a long time I wasn't actually that person and now I'm finally like being the person that I like wanted to be whether and I mean that honestly mostly in like mindset like um I mean sure I was like on Tumblr and like wanted to be Arabella from the Arctic Monkey song (laughs) like (laughs) smoke cigarettes and read books and it's like oh wait now I like actually read books and don't just like buy them you know (laughs) and like just even like stupid things like that um yeah and I think that even relates back to like I'm sorry to say it, but, like, social media. Like, you mentioned, like, totally right? Like, and I just feel that in this day and age of social media, there's so many, like, genres of person to be aesthetically and, like, on a deeper level beyond aestheticism, like, what that means for, like, your interests or whatever. And, like, being, like, a real person outside of that is really hard for young people who grow up with that stuff. And... I think that's causing, I mean, watch the documentary, watch the social dilemma, but no, I, I, I will. And I'm interested in it. I actually like wrote a paper on this suicide rate and like the rates of like eating disorders and people hospitalized for like depression and suicidal ideation between the ages of 10 and 20 have, I'm not even kidding you multiplied by seven times, seven times since the invention of the iPhone. I mean, so yeah, I wrote a pa- I read some books on this and then ended up writing a paper on it my senior year of college. And a lot of it boiled down to like like how wouldn't we think that like a platform that makes us constantly like look at ourselves from a vantage point. Like right. that like cognitively can fuck you up. Money. And it's a platform that that's makes like- money doing that. Like that's their yeah. job is to create revenue by getting people to look at this content for like longer amounts of time yeah so Ooh. how how wouldn't it like have an yeah. impact on your brain like it's yeah, no like one's how, ever yeah 
I mean, lived through that in before. the documentary they talk about how the human brain hasn't markedly evolved since i don't know what 1995 when the computer was introduced like to to home consumers 1995 right that's 25 years ago our brains haven't changed technology has progressed by like the billion fold like how would we think that that's safe for our brains our brains are the same the technology is what's gone like haywall like off the off the fucking wall yeah it's interesting though because this is still actually related to happiness um i don't know his philosophy super well it's not even philosophy it's just like a you know how there are like thinkers out there who are like yeah they'll say like technology is the downfall of society like it will technology will end up end up killing us all like there's that alarmist perspective but there's actually another type of thought like group of intellectuals right now that say that like despite all of the statistics statistics you just cited like on the whole the world is getting like better and happier and I would encourage our audience to look into that his name's Steven Pinker he's like a big intellectual I'm just offering another I love that no, I'm um, interested. I'm super interested. I gotta say, I'm predisposed to disagree based on <laughs> naturally, my... naturally. But uh, you know, that that being said, though, I'm so interested. Like, I I really enjoy. Like, sometimes I watch Fox and Friends. You know, like, you just gotta. <laughs> I think it's more so about like overall. You know how, despite like wealth disparities in like developed countries and undeveloped, but on the whole people globally are like getting their needs met more than any other time in history um yeah uh... you know how that's like a statistic people cite like in the face of like obvious like granular wealth disparities within countries i guess it's like on the whole globally like the math doesn't really work that way and so that's like the basis for this dude's argument i don't really know um i don't i I'll, I'm interested. I'm so interested. I think there's half of me that's like, I don't really want to listen to like another old white guy talk about how things aren't that bad because like they are. But on the other it's hand, like, I'm, like, I probably I'm describing it. Po- no, because... I'm describing it so poorly. He's like, he's like okay. in the liberal like. Uh, okay, got it, got it, got it. He's like a respected person. He, people don't. Yeah, I, I would love to believe that. Like, I I would love to read that and be like, yes, and then feel yeah. better. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's just though. It's like. It's both. <laughs> like it's both like, and is what it is. Yeah. It's really um, both and. Which is my oh my answer. gosh. I'm about to go on a little tangent about truth and our pro- post-truth society right now. Do tell. Oh my god. I had a coworker at my old job send me QAnon links and be like, you should watch these. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Wait, I got a request on Instagram to be a QAnon influencer today. What is happening with the <laughs> algorithm? Am I watching Fox and Friends too much and they think that I actually oh, stand Tucker Carlson? I had to. I had to. Um, When I ignored the request to message me, I guess it deleted. But yeah, some, yeah. some woman named like Haley with like, it's like H. It was like two E's at the end, that kind totally, of Haley. Totally, totally, There's totally two E's. Yeah, so. and uh, she wanted me to Ooh. like that's bad. Promote her page. It was a no. Q and on. She wanted me to wanted me to be a partner. Oh, I was God. like, "You're in the wrong place, Mama." 
I'm like, how did you find me, mama? Yeah. I, yeah. No, the coworker that sent it to me is, like, honky as fuck for sure. And also probably just, like, way too oblivious to even know what QAnon is or what they do, frankly, which is even more scary. She just, like, literally had no idea, which is awful. I... We can only hope she was hacked. Oh, my God. No, she wasn't. She was like, oh, I used to watch these. I was like, what the literal fuck i was like i don't even know how to respond you just sent me QAnon shit like bye <laughs> um i think we should talk about being unhappy like when do you feel like you oh. were the unhappiest what pushed you to that low what life events transpired and just kicked you in the mouth mm. how did you find yourself there and how did you so, get out i honestly remember when i was saying before like I have to ask myself a lot whether or not I'm actually happier if I'm stimulated. Um, I, I have sort of sometimes with happiness, like, uh, extremes, like, I really, I'm a Taurus as well. I love to like, overindulge. And like, sometimes I think I can get a little bit like hooked on that feeling like, it's bordering into hedonism a little bit. Like, I just really, right, like, like, yeah, I like, never want not, yeah, I like, I'm like, wow, I love this feeling. Like, I never want to not feel this way. And so, like, I'll sometimes right. pursue things to chase that, like, fleeting, like, stimulating feeling. Oh, um, yeah, I hear you. That's, like, how close to home, Melissa, for sure. Yeah, so that and the, the... <laughs> The, like, blindness that you actually have when making a lot of those decisions uh, can actually, like, you can wake up after, like, a few months of doing that and be in, like, be in, like, a pretty terrible place. (laughs) So. Right. Because you're like, oh, oops, I guess I made all these stupid choices. Oh, yeah. I am where I am. So that's a trajectory that I've had. Uh, I can also, you say anything more concrete about that? Like when slash where slash how? Yeah. Give me some journalistic facts. So I left Paris mm-hmm. um, with you, my dear. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that? How long ago? Oh my God. It was like two years ago. Two and a half years ago. And that Ugh. was, again, pure, genuine happiness over there for me. Oh, like, the happiest I've ever been. Happiest I've ever been in my life. Totally. 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 Like that's what it's supposed to feel like. Whatever I felt over there, it's it was like healthy. It was like uh it's like you guys made me better, honestly. Yeah, to- I fully agree. Fully agree. Much to say. Yeah. But yeah. So just- mm-hmm. then I think it was after coming home from the United States realizing to some extent that that was its own moment and I wanted to recreate that feeling more in my life but it would be like fabricated almost but the other thing is though I I think that I went I moved to DC the spring after and I had mm. my first like full job. Uh, I had an internship there and I was working like crazy hours. And honestly, it was like my first taste of that crisis that everyone gets when they realize what a career is and like that you spend the rest <laughs> of your life doing that. They're like, oh my God, this is, what, this is like what they mean. It's that. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. I was like, I was like an existential like mess. You're like, what do I actually fucking do right now? Like, right. should I become an outward bound instructor? Yeah. Like, move to like uh, the Grand Canyon? Like, what do I, what I, can I do? <laughs> honestly, I was like, I actually don't know what I have to offer though, <laughs> like to the world. <laughs> um, That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I and think so. It was like that just- as well. Yeah. And then being me the making poor person, decisions along the way. Being the type of person that even thinks about what they can offer the world, though, is so huge. Because I think that there are so many people that just kind of, like, blindly stumble and, like, feel their way along the walls of life, hoping for the best. And they never think about what they can offer the world. Because yeah. that's not their perspective. They're like, what can the world offer me? Mm-mm. And I think that that's actually, like, really not going to bring anybody happiness because you're just expecting that things will, like, work out and then you'll magically be happy instead of feeling like you could put something out into the world that would make being, other people happy. Being of and service. Maybe you'd be happy. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah, so much to say, but 100%. This is how I landed on being a teacher was this exact same crisis because I definitely didn't grow up thinking to myself, you know what you should do, Olivia, is do a very thankless and low-paid job. Like, I wanted to be, like, a fucking environmental lawyer and, like, make bank. And now I'm a teacher and I couldn't be happier. Mm. I, um, I love that that's a breakdown that is pervasively felt <laughs> for people our age. I think that, like, honestly. I think you just end up on one side or another, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you either end up being the person who's, like, feeling your way along the walls, being like, maybe eventually I'll be happy. Or you're like, I guess I should just try to help other people and then I'll be happy. Yeah. And I mean, oh, I would say the third component to being being unhappy was just myself. I sucked in a lot of ways that are controllable. And like, there are there are times in life where it's like, you are just unhappy. And, you know, I think that happiness as a state of mind is somewhat true, and it's somewhat Mm -hmm. untrue. And mm. for the for the parts that it was for, for the parts that it is true, I was like making myself miserable for like a while in my life. I was just like a yeah. negative person. And once Yeah, I, and like and, not using the tools that you could have no, used to no. like pull yourself up a little. Completely. And then I had like <laughs> I feel like when I started going to therapy in Paris, like I I was going to therapy three times a week for two hours and it totally. felt like and so the first three weeks of therapy, it, I think it, I felt what you feel when you've like done DMT or something when you've had or like, like, sh- yeah. like shrooms and you have the like ego, like bust or whatever. Oh my God, that happened to me once. That's a different podcast. But like that happened to me basically just over like a super intense period of like therapy and I was like, oh, my God, my brain has been rewired. I've been, like, objectively, I've kind of been, like, a selfish asshole, like, making my own self miserable. So, yeah, um, yeah, just, like, yeah. seeing yourself a little bit more objectively. And again, like, um, I have so much better, so many better tools in my toolkit, as they say. They really now say that. They really to, like, that. they really be out here saying that. But honestly, they it's true because, <laughs> because there are certain days where it's, like, I can do things actively to, like, make this day better than the way my brain is telling me to, like, react feel, to the stimuli. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I think the difference between somebody who 
only has circumstantial depression is that somebody with circumstantial depression instead of like clinical depression where it's like that's just how your brain is you know like somebody who suffered like a loss in the family and is now depressed or had some other like negative like really bad event happen to them and now they're depressed to them those stimuli make sense like they're like oh i'll just use these coping mechanisms and then i won't be sad and for someone with depression clinical depression like your brain is like, oh, you feel sad. I guess you should just take your pants off and order Domino's, you know? Yeah. Like, and unless like for some reason you find the willpower to not do that, like you're just going to keep doing that forever until you fucking oh get yourself in your closet. And it's like you like there was a funny TikTok I saw that was like a girl sitting in her bed, like depressed and her room's a mess. And like she goes, I know I need to to clean my room, but I can't. Some of you will just understand me when I say that I can't. <laughs> like, like you just literally lose the like will to do even just the smallest thing that requires zero effort. Um, Absolutely, and I think that just doing it and like treating your like just treating those desires like they're just like, oh my god, it sounds so unhealthy, but this is how I do it. I just step outside myself and I'm like, okay, Olivia, I see that you don't want to do this, but we're just going to fucking do it. Like, yep. just Yes, it's like some... I jump off a diving board or something. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, like, all hey. right, I'm going to do it. It's like how I talk to a small child. I'm like, hey, girl, I see you. I hear you. That's wrong. Like, <gasps> that we're not doing me. that. That was me calling my mom today. I really didn't want to. Yeah, but... and you're like, hi, mom. Yeah. Yep. I, ju- I just put my goggles on, ran off that I also diving board, jumped being in. Being depressed and being really sad and going to like, I'm not talking about like run of the mill depression that you get on like Sunday evening where you're like, I'm depressed, you know? I'm but I get like, that too. But I, I get that, that too, too, but it's different. I get it all. Depression. Oh, I, yes. I'm talking like, I'm talking like depression, depression, like whole depression where you're like, wow, like I don't deserve to fucking live. Like I like yeah. shut up, Olivia, like literally shut the fuck up shut the fuck up no one like depression that just is consuming like you wake up and it's painful you like just wish yep. you weren't there like you just yeah for me like I didn't have I never felt like I had the violence or even like the inertia to kill myself it was more of just like I just wish I didn't exist like I just I don't I don't you have all... it in me to do that but I can't like I'm not yeah, Olivia we've had the same exact experience then yeah I yeah. was like this is just inertia like I don't even feel worthy of like I was also like I didn't even ask to be here <laughs> yeah like, I was like I, I didn't I, fucking sign up for this I did not sign up for this and you're telling me I have to do it I have no plan yeah, yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't know what you want me to do <laughs> but I think, I think the worst though for me my personal hole of depression was right before Paris So we Mm. kind of bookended each other depression-wise. My whole before Paris was like a few different life events compounding each other combined with my inability to deal with them. Mm. So it was both. Not only was it me being my own worst enemy, it was like other people being my worst enemy too. And which is I I, oh it's okay. I mean I don't even care now because it was like a long time ago. But like at the time it was so hard because I was like I feel like shit and other people are treating me like shit. So I guess I'm shit, you know. See that's a hard one. That is. For me, I think it was that I honestly it was just over the years, like again, I was miserable and to be transparent, I think I was treating others like shit and that was more so like a calling mm-hmm. sign to me too like my Were people you loved and cared about sometimes yeah and yeah. so that was a pretty big wake-up call to me because I would just 
you know, be reactive about my actions versus like having some sort of concept of them. Um, right. And then it, you know, my my life was hell. So I just made other people's lives hell. Uh, not a great look. Yeah. I think I look. I think I was just messy. I think I was just emotional and I was messy and I tried to use other people I tried to use like relation like I had I was in a really bad relationship at that point like a relationship I had gone through a really bad breakup and then I got into another relationship and I was using the second relationship to self-medicate from the first relationship Mm. and so like all I brought all the shit from the old relationship into the new relationship and just dug my claws in and was so toxic and crazy and like I'm not proud of it but I am proud that I can say that I was toxic and crazy you know because I think a lot of people are like like, yeah, I think, like, where I was at in my life, it makes sense that I was toxic and crazy, but do I still feel bad about it? Like, yeah, I have self-forgiveness, and I have, like, feeling apologetic for others. Both can exist. This is what I did. I used the same relationship to medicate the same relationship. I don't know how else to phrase that. Yeah, yeah. Like, you had a really <laughs> bad breakup, and you were like, oh, it wasn't bad enough the first time. Better go Let me, around and yep, see. yep. That was uh, also part of the the uh, just slow decay of myself. <laughs> I was like nursing that thing for far too long. I think um, that's common. Like I think so many young women, this is a result of so much societally, but like I just see it everywhere is like so many young women just stick around and find out how bad things could really get. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, they're not like, oh, this is bad enough. I guess I deserve better. They're like, oh, maybe I'll get better. And then it just, like, doesn't, obviously. Or they, like, bake in the amount of, like, you know, feeling terrible that they can, their threshold for it. Yeah. Uh, they just the accept it. Of sadness. Yes. Uh, they're like, maybe And they just put up with it. And they just, yeah, totally. like, knowingly totally. put up with that. Yeah, and there's just so much that contributes to that, too. Like, I just think being a young girl, especially, like, if you don't have a healthy relationship with your family, which, like, most people don't, like, realistically, most people don't, you know? Like, if you have, like, a happy family and you're like, my parents are great, like, congrats on being in, like, the bottom 5% of America. Like, no. But I just think, like, you bring in all that weird attachment stuff and then your first few relationships are just ways that you're trying to, like, exercise that trauma. And so, like, obviously, you're just going to dig yourself a goddamn grave and, like, buy yourself flowers, you know? Can I quote one? I, I would hope that you would. Okay. I'm about to. She says that being in a true, intimate relationship is like looking in the mirror. Is that Thoughts? just too good? <laughs> no, it stuck with me. <laughs> Do you think it's good or are you like, oh, I just never thought of it like that. Like being in a relationship is like largely actually being in a successful, intimate relationship has a lot to just do with like how you feel about you. Like, oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't interpret it that way. I thought of it as like a finding your other half thing. And I was like, no, no, being in an intimate, like a truly successful, intimate, fruitful relationship is like, yeah, it's really just just about like, it's about you. Yeah. And okay, here's that's a huge truth. Like I have a friend who's going You are to about be- to diss G and her quote. Come on. No, I mean I think I get it now, but it took me a second. I, I can't I wrote this I down mean, in I, my notes. 
when she oh. said it on her podcast. The note section is like a podcast for a different day for sure. Mm-hmm. But okay, you noted. I'm actually writing that down <laughs> <laughs> in my notes. Oh my god. Um. Yeah, I think yes, and I also think that. But, like, it's what I said before, right? It's, like, you can, like, own your own bad behavior and feel bad for the people that it impacted in and feel, and feel compassion for yourself in one fell swoop. Mm-hmm. Like, I look back on that shitty-ass relationship where I acted like a crazy-ass bitch. Do I hate myself for acting like a crazy-ass bitch? No. Do I understand why I did it? Yes. Did I grow and learn from it? Yes. Do I feel bad for the person it impacted? Yes. Do I think he did shitty things to me also? Yes. Like, all of that can coexist. Like, it's not one or the other, like, he did bad, you did bad. You know, it's, like, it's so many things. And I think that having that self-accountability is really important. And surrounding yourself with friends who will hold you to that self-accountability is really important. Because being an echo chamber of, like, fuck him is, like, not going to be good for your growth. Unless you actually had some horrible boyfriend, which, like, I do know people like that. What you just described about, like, there can be multiple truths at once. Um, that's the mindset that uh, <laughs> helped me forgive my father for cheating on my mom. So I feel you totally. with that one. <laughs> yeah. Like my dad and I talk about his marriage with my mom and he's like, it was a failure, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, because you guys were married for a long fucking time and yeah. only a few years were unhappy and you guys, like, were best friends and, like, you got a cool kid, which is me. So, like, you don't want to look back and be like, fuck, why did I do that? Because I was, like, huge. Just be like, well, I grew, you know? Love that we can empathize with our fathers this way. Right. The problematic – my dad's my problematic fave. Like, sweetie pie. Sweet. A wonderful person. Again, uh, we need do to Do I want to be like him when I grow fathers. up? Do I want to be like him when I grow up? No. Do I love the shit out of him? Yes. You know? I do. Again, he is my father in several years. Like, your father just seems like a slightly older one, and I can't wait to see – based on your father where mine ends up like your father is like in the woods now right just living his truth yeah, is he Maine? you said yeah my parents got divorced like six or seven years ago I my mom this is definitely a different podcast but my mom has um very intense mental health problems that make her like hallucinatory slash like not like like delusional like she used to send me, like, emails being, like, I've accepted that you're going to die. Like, out of nowhere. Like, my mom is not – she's not in my life at all because that's, like, what she's like. Forgiving her is going to be, like, my life story, I'm sure. But my dad is, like, fantastic. They got divorced and now he, like – he lives in Maine. He lives in Portland with his girlfriend and his dog and, like, just, like, hikes. He's awesome. He sounds great and I want to meet him. Yeah, no, you would love him. He also, he's, he just turned 70, but you would not guess. Like, he's, like, not a day over 55. And my dad's taught me a lot about happiness. My dad is a Buddhist. He's a practicing Buddhist. And my dad's taught me a lot about, like, spirituality, which is I, my mom, when I was growing up, was, like, very cynical and very, like, only stupid people believe in God. Like, she actually would say things like that. Um, And my dad is very much, like, not like that. And, like, I've learned so much about like happiness and spirituality like from him in adult life sounds like he's yeah he takes it upon himself like he's conscientious about things like 
even happiness if he's a spiritual man like that. He's like you a know? spiritual, but he's not annoying. You know, he's like not annoying. No, I just don't. I mean, my dad doesn't like pursue or doesn't practice things like a spirituality or like a, a philosophy of life in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I'm saying. I just think that that's interesting. I didn't know that about your dad. Yeah, he's cool. I mean, he doesn't talk about it all the time. He's also sober. My dad's an AA. Wow. Um, and he talks about AA a lot. I personally I... could never, but good for him. Again, AA from the, I mean, I know that it's not for everyone, but I've heard a lot of, like, a lot of success stories around it and not even just, like, AA for alcoholics, but just, like, as a, a mindset towards life. Like, I yeah. don't know. I don't know what your dad's feelings are with AA, but he loves um, it. He, yeah. but it's complicated, right? Because AA was like a very like Judeo-Christian thing. Like they were like, you know, God grant me a serenity or whatever. And like, they had to like unpack like God. Right. So like, it didn't used to be as progressive as it is now. Like now mm-hmm. my dad's God is like, you know, he finds God in like nature and whatever. Like, I don't know. He has this like spiritual shit that he does with Buddha. Like, don't yeah. ask me, you know, but I think, I think AA was like, yeah it it had like not a great reputation for like most of its existence probably for good reason but I think something's happened in like the past few years or so like they absolutely I would say yeah 20 years have been huge for AA yeah it might yeah but what I was gonna say though about happiness is I also feel that the most miserable people I know have absolutely no sense of spirituality or like god in greater context like i'm not like judeo-christian like little man sitting in the sky vibes but like god as like a greater thing so you you believe in a a bigger power i and is that is that that part of your happiness like or how how does that relate to happiness for you there's a saying in aa that my dad taught me he says you don't have to know what god is you just have to know that you're not it (laughs) and I resonate I think that I am not the most powerful force in the universe and human beings are not and I don't know what is but I know it's not us so you have faith in something yeah but I also don't feel this immense pressure to like have like a relationship with it or like talk about like what it is or whatever like I think that there's something out there that's like a big old life force that's maybe not even good like it just seems pretty neutral especially recently maybe even a little malevolent you know (laughs) (laughs) but like I just yeah yeah I think that there's something I believe I would say if someone was like do you believe in God I'd be like yeah you know and does that impact like what your thoughts on like being happy in this life are yeah because I think that that has to do with service right like I believe that like we are interconnected as living beings through whatever force that is and that means that my purpose on life in life is to like be of service to other people who are living and breathing the same way that I am you know so it's not like me and God it's like me and other people that's so interesting because if if you ask me what my life philosophy is like that would be it I I don't really know if I need the God part to get me there like I feel enough of like uh just like a human humanity like I think that's the force like, I don't have faith right. in, like, but a I bigger thing. That, like, I have faith I in, that... like, us. That sounds terrible, sappy, but, like, I have faith no, in yeah. other people. I have, I have faith in, yeah. But I think that also, because I see so much shit in other people and, like, so many awful fucking people, like, I, there is something, right? Like, there's something that makes us all live, makes us all breathe, and makes us all have, like, 
hearts and minds and souls that like on some level connect us like and that to me is God but I don't feel the need like you said to like connect to God itself or connect to whatever it is I can connect to and help the people yes. that are around me and to me that is enough and I think that people who don't believe in that and people who don't view love for lack of a better word as God like those are the people that are fucking miserable like if you don't believe that your life purpose is to like help others and be in community like what the fuck are you gonna feel I think the bottom line is like viewing yourself as part of something bigger like yeah yeah that is probably for me like the underpinning day-to-day perspective that like brings me happiness or just is grounding or is guiding and like my decisions and like even my politics right like even just right. like deciding to like pick up a piece of trash or like whatever, like we're part of deciding this. to tip. Yeah, I do it every time now at the coffee Full shop. Circle. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, yeah, because you I feel so good too. And then they see it on the screen and it makes them so happy. Yeah, and it makes me happy. Like when I was a service worker and someone would tip me like 25%, I was like, girl, thanks. I'm gonna give you like extra smoothie in your little extra cup, you know? I've been loving tipping all my baristas lately. Mm. Yeah, because realistically like we don't know what each other are going through you know like you're helping people live their lives also maybe it is just an age thing but like making someone else happy is come on that's an incredible feeling (laughs) like what you feeling yeah like when someone else makes you happy you want to know a really cute story that ended like in a stupid way but it's so cute so Mm -hmm. i went through a, a health scare over the last week and mm-hmm. it turned out fine. Listeners do not need to know the gory details. It turned out fine. Mm-hmm. But my best friend who lives in New York drizzled me a bunch of alcohol, but like didn't tell me she was doing it. So I wasn't fucking home. So I got all these missed calls from Drizzly being like, we're outside your house. And I was like, what the fuck is this weird spam? Like I, <laughs> I like fully thought like someone was spam calling me from Drizzly. And then like my boyfriend was like yeah emma was trying to deliver you alcohol and i was like oh my god but it was like so you weird... didn't get it no because drizzly was like we canceled the order because that bitch wasn't home isn't that hilarious but my point is that made my entire week the fact that someone loves me enough and knew that i was like really upset and sad and stressed mm-hmm. and was like let me just help you like because i love you wow I have so many moments like that. You're so right. Like, can we can we name these moments something? I don't know if we can, but like, just they're all because you know from like your friend's perspective, like it wasn't that hard of, for them to do. You know, like yeah, they they just really like stopped and thought about you for a second. We're like, I think Olivia would love that, or like it would make Olivia feel so much better. Come yeah, on, and that's and that I love doing that for people. Like. I love like even small things like somebody being like oh my gosh I saw this and I thought of you yeah like wow like I'll just like if I'm like in public and I see something that's like this is Melissa and I send you a picture like that's happiness you know being like oh my my loved one like loves me and like thought of this when they saw me you know yeah like yeah and I think that ultimately that's what made me happier and like when we were in Paris I was coming off that really dark like moment in my life and like that it made me happy like having people who loved me in this country that I'd never been to before but these people I'd never met before it felt so special yeah and yeah I, I'm trying to think of a time when 
that was done for me. Um, I don't know. My, my friends all have, again, very different love languages. So I, I feel like a lot of those moments happen for me more so in context, like knowing this was yeah. a big thing for a certain friend to do or like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. those types of things. But I did the same exact drizzly thing for my friend Mary, and she felt the same way. So, um, yeah, during it was her high, her college graduation. Like, she had like a very early graduation during these COVID times, and mm-hmm. I don't think people were in graduation mindset yet. So, like, yeah. no one really like said anything to her. Like, she doesn't have a great relationship with her family at all. So, like, they weren't celebrating her, and she was just kind of in quarantine, like graduating. Right like in her bed (laughs) and I was like no fucking way like Mary deserves to get you know celebrated she deserves to be celebrated so I ordered that bitch like champagne a case of white claws yeah uh whatever else like I asked her boyfriend what she liked and she got that shit to her door and it she was beaming oh yeah that's oh my god most like that is our, so, again, the friend I mentioned. So, we, we are a fun group from childhood. Um, Cameron was three. I was four. And Emma was five when we met. So, we've been friends for almost 20 years. And their great aunt is, like, there is such a huge part of their lives. And my life, too, since I was little. And she lives in San Francisco. And they, they live in New York. So, she turned 80 in quarantine like by herself because she's 80 years old she can't risk going out to see her friends or like having people come over for drinks in her apartment or whatever this was during deep core like this is in like april you know mm-hmm. so we got this like huge flower arrangement and i like drove it over to her house and it made mm-hmm. me feel so and she sent me the sweetest email you know how like older women write thank you notes and it's like you just feel like they're just out of 1965 and it's like the sweetest thing in the world mm-hmm and that was so special just knowing that she felt like less alone and that like her kids like loved her that day. You know, like that yeah, like to me like I'm sorry this is such a fucking gross oversimplica- oversimplification but like that's what God is and that's what love is like to me and that's what makes me happy. It's I understand though how you would feel like jaded but like because of all the shit things that humans do but like I think at the end of the day that is what people at least try to be. There, there are a lot of flaws. And I think that, I don't know, I think that most humans at their core are inclined to be the way that you just described rather than not. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We have to, like, delve into why politically it's become so the opposite. But like not on, not now. But not like it a, has to be like another. Like but also, because... I I I mean, of I'm not saying politically at all. Like, right, right, right. Like you're talking about people buying just, their grandmother's flowers. Yes, like yes, the nature of people, like right. in relationship to like yeah, their friend or like just. But like, what is whatever, so human nature is that somebody will buy their own grandmother flowers and be like, I love you, grandma, happy birthday. And then they'll like vote to like deport entire families of people and like fucking put kids in cages. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they just, for some reason, there's like the cognitive dissonance of like, oh, I'm a good person, but they're like not. Yeah. Like, what is that? Uh, It's a, it's a brainwashing, honestly. I don't know. I have like, I have family that are like that. And um, 
it's really a puzzle to me still. It's something to behold, for sure. I worked with this girl at my last job, not the QAnon girl, but a different conservative. And she was, like, the sweetest person in the entire world and was just, like, so kind and, like, thoughtful and, like, loving and nice and just fucking loved the shit out of Trump. And I was like, what? What? And for those people, or just any people, I mean, that's why as vehemently as I completely like disagree with them and think that they are like morally repugnant in their politics and therefore just in their lives as people and citizens. Um, I think that like, you should never give up on someone like that. Like at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Cause people can change and like, yeah, I do think that people could change if that means anything. So I don't think well, that I think I think I've changed like I yeah. think I look at that super deep dark person I was before I went to Paris and the shit that I like did and who I like who I was and I just don't feel like I'm her you know right I think so I've like changed. people are like ready to receive information at different points or like just go through experiences that change them and so like you know Trump supporters as they are like I'm not like they are fucking like spawns of Satan to me but like that doesn't mean that they can't that that is, you know, their destiny. Like people can move and be moved and like Yeah. And I think I do think what... that that's true. I that that's something that I believe in my core. Like but I know and that's so hard to hold on to. And I think it's so great we're having this conversation right now because I was earlier just feeling like fuck. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it's so easy to just be like fuck, fuck, fuck these people, fuck their stupid little asses and fuck the fucking repugnant little hummer they drove in on because honestly yes fuck it fuck it all fuck and all of that I, sometimes i just can't have these conversations with people do you know what i mean like sometimes i just some i fucking cannot no because it's it's outrageous it is like you're outraged because it's fucking outrageous so like it's like oh i think people deserve human rights and they're like no and i'm like okay i don't even feel like having this conversation because you just like said people don't just, like i was saying this to somebody yesterday i had a conversation with a trump supporter several months ago we were talking about welfare we were talking about food stamps specifically food stamps and he was talking about how he doesn't like food stamps blah 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 and i was like the conversation went back and forth and back and forth and we were arguing and i eventually was just like so you just don't think people deserve to eat and he was like yeah not unless they work (laughs) and i was like okay like i mean that is like it really is the thesis though like at least he says that because that is at right, the end of the day, if you boil down you everything, if you boil down like their whole platform, like they kind of just don't give a shit about like human existence and like, right. They're like, know, unless de- you, decency. unless you work in this, yeah. and you, unless you work in this impossible capitalist system, yeah, like you deserve to start. You have, to, you have so to earn your right to be alive. <laughs> what's so interesting is like, I am a cis white woman in a heterosexual relationship. I'm from a major metropolitan area. I went to private school. I went to private college for all intents and purposes with huge emissions of what my life's actually been like. But like for all demographic purposes, I should be one of the most successful demographics in the country. And it is still so fucking hard for me to find a job that pays enough for me to eat and pay rent. So what does it feel like for somebody who's slightly less privileged than me? Right. I think like, that I'm, should I be the barometer. Having... Like when people right. say like it was who exactly like, you know, grew up as, um, you know, Caucasian, like 
privileged people in the United States, but still said that they face challenges. Like, shouldn't you have the reverse logic of like, if that is true, then can't you imagine how like everyone who is in such a different place of privilege than you, like how hard it was for them? That's how privilege. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, everyone's the same. We all started the same here in America. America is great. We start in the same. By the way, your family's deported, but we're all the same. But I think that the logic that you just walked through is, like, completely how I've always viewed it. Like, how am I going to say that I know what it's like to be Black in the United States? Like, how am I ever going to... There are people in this country who are very comfortable, (laughs) like, speaking to the African-American experience in this country. Like, they just think that they know. (laughs) Like, I'm like, do you think that they're lying? What What is... I it's hilarious I was in a Facebook argument with like a with my boyfriend's mom's acquaintance which is hilarious that I already was like doing that but I was like let's fucking do this you know what I mean um and he was so funny because he's a white man from like a rural slash suburban majority white area who like owns his own business and has like a bunch of like white kids that he sent to college and stuff you know like that's his that's his life Mm -hmm. and he was like president trump has done more for minorities than any other president and i was like it's interesting because it's always people like you that say that like i know do you want to like go into east oakland and like take a census about like who loves what president trump has done like what how do you think that that's correct when the majority back black population is like, no, like, where do you get off just like baselessly claiming that? I know. And their logic is just what? Like, no, sorry, you're wrong. <laughs> like, no, what they you do is they'll you find didn't get like jumped by the police every day. They'll the find week. one black person who agrees with you and like or with them and like send you a link. They'll be like, here, this black person agrees with me. And I'll be like, OK, cool. Congratulations on drumming up like one person of color who like supported this like whack ass position. Yeah, they like memorize the statistics of that one like blog post they read. And well, what's her name? Candace. Candace something the like black lady who's like a conservative and like oh yes 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 I know exactly who you're talking about is it Candace Owens I think that sounds right yeah I think Candace Owens sounds right anyway like he sent me like a Candace Owens like and I was like okay like you found like one black person who agrees with you like that doesn't make a difference like statistically I think that like two percent of the black population voted for Trump like you just I'm sorry like shut up you know what was a part of my day this afternoon um I am on that work from home grind, second week of work, here we are, uh, posted up in the home office, and my window's open to New York City, and after lunch, I walk back into my office, and I hear a man screaming in the streets. His voice sounds, it sound. I, I did not see him, but he sounded like Bernie Sanders. His voice was exactly <sighs> like Bernie, and he was yelling, Red, white, and blue. This is America. We are red, white, and blue, and not Irish, Italian, or black. We're red, white, and blue. And it was like him on this like soapbox spewing these like alt right like taglines. But it was just hilarious because it was in Bernie Sanders. It was like it sounded like Bernie Sanders. So yeah, he's like a he's probably just like off his fucking meds. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I think we need to do a whole podcast about like QAnon and fake news. Like that's just its own thing. But back to happiness. 
my happiness right now i honestly think my i want the takeaway to be like put your phone down i'm and watch the social dilemma you're so I, raw off the social dilemma right now yeah, i gotta like, watch I'm that i'm not even telling people to you gotta watch it and just report back but like i'm not even telling people to like delete their accounts or whatever i'm just saying like actually look away from your phone like actually just like put it down like like just walk like walk away from it for like a couple of hours every day like just you know what i mean like uh, it's so nice to just not be on it. And it, you, it, checking it is like a little tick. You just like need that little like hit of serotonin. You're like, ah, Twitter. Like, no, just walk away from it. Like make a meal, go for a run with your dog. Like don't, that's happiness is like, it doesn't, it's, you're not going to be the happiest in your life when you're scrolling on Instagram. Like next time you try to open Instagram, be like, oh my gosh, am I going to be so happy on Instagram right now? Like, fuck no. If you, although, although. If you're sending me a good meme, someone's sending me a good Carry TikTok. <laughs> I laugh at that shit. That I laugh. I laugh. Come that on, that's happening. a good one. That's that can make your day. <laughs> Carry on. Oh my god, I feel like we covered territory. Oh yeah, I feel like we might listen back and feel as though we've been a bit over the map, all over the map. But we'll see. You know what I really feel like? Oh, I, I, I should disclose. It will make a lot more sense now to the audience. To be honest, to be completely transparent with you all, I started this episode just unbelievably high. Just very high. So okay. I liked it. I like. I, I thought so, and I wasn't going to say anything. Oh, I'm shit! Happy that, <laughs> I'm happy that you said something. Was I rambling a lot? I mean, that it's a podcast, Melissa. Like, yeah, you were rambling. We, we ramble. You were rambling with me then. Oh, yes. Like, <laughs> my adult ADHD runs completely unchecked. <laughs> yeah. So, that's what happens when um, you're trying to drink less alcohol. You just um, smoke more On weed. a Monday, yeah. I, what I have to say to our listeners is that I actually have to go pee violently badly. Is that the last word? That's the last word. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs>